welcome to the broadcast of Crosstown Church of Memphis. We are a church that is Christ-centered, diversity-driven, and community-committed. A church that's bringing people together, sharing God's message of hope, love, and service. We seek to love God, love people, and serve the city. We welcome you to our broadcast with Pastor Byron Fitzpatrick. We are on part four of the series that's titled 30 Days. And in this series, we've been asking ourselves the question, you know, what would we do if we were told we only had 30 days left to live? And for those of you that are taking notes, I want you to write this down. The subtitle for today is called Fix It. You know, during this series, we've been asking ourselves again uh, uh, the question, and that is, what would we do if we only, if we were told that we only had 30 days left to live? If we were told that we only had 30 days left to live, how would we change our lives? What is it that we would do differently? Hopefully throughout this series, you guys have gotten some, um, some good information, some good things to think about. And, you know, maybe some paradigm shifts in our thinking. I know that uh, I have, and uh, I know that, you know, it's impacted, you know, the both of us. I know Marguerite, a few weeks ago, after one of our messages or, you know, whatever she, me, her, and, and the girls, our girls went out to, went to brunch together and just spent some time together. Uh, then I, last weekend, I went to go spend some time with my son, Dion, in Dallas. And so one of the things is, you know, hey, you know, we, we got we to gotta spend more time, more intimate time with our family. And, you know, if we were told we only had 30 days, left, 30 days left to live, that's one of the things that we were all begin to think about is, you know, our loved ones, the people that are close to us and, you know, how we're spending time with them, how we're investing time in them. And so I hope that during this series that you guys have already started to think about, you know, some things that where you, maybe you need to reprioritize in your lives, some things that, you know, you need to think about that maybe you need to uh, do differently. Yeah. You know, pray up prayerfully. None of us are, are, are you know, going to be gone in the next 30 days that we're still going to be here. But we need to live our lives uh, with more intent and more purpose, you know. Yeah. And so we're going to start. We're going to end this series with the way that we started it. And that's with the scripture that's been driving us throughout this entire series. And that's the book of Psalms, chapter 39, verses four and five. And it says, Lord, remind me of how brief my time will be here on the earth. That's one of the reasons why we're, you know, this is why we're talking about this series. This is why we're talking about what we're talking about is because we have to be reminded about our lives are brief. You know, we're here today and gone tomorrow. And, and we have to value the time that we have. You know, we need to make use of the time that we have in a good way and not waste the time. We spend, we waste so much time doing nothing. We waste so much time of our lives, you know, worried about and living after and chasing after those things that are just temporary. And God wants us to really stop and think about, wait a minute, what are those, why are you chasing all of this stuff? It's good, they're good to have, they're good, you know, I'm, but this is what you're basing your life off of. So in the book of Psalms, chapter 39 and verses four and five, it says, Lord, remind me of how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered, that my life is fleeing away. My life is no longer than the width of my hands. And 
An entire lifetime is just a moment with you. It's just a moment with God. Our lives is just a moment with God. And we don't have a whole lot of time. You know, it, it, it may feel like it in the natural, but in reality, it's, you know, it, it's short. And we need to make good use of the time that we have. If you haven't noticed this yet, the scripture Psalms, we've been, again, it's been driving us throughout this entire series. If you haven't noticed this yet, this is a prayer. This is a prayer scripture. King David, he wrote this as a prayer and he wrote this in a song form. And in this prayer, King David, he is having, he's going through some hard times in his life. You know, we all can relate to going through hard times. You know, there's times where everything is good and there's times where things are not so good, you know, and, and King David here, he's going through some hard times in his life and, you know, it's caused him to reflect on life. And, and that's what happens to us sometimes, especially when we're going through some hard times, it causes us to really reflect on life. You know, a guy uh, here in this prayer, he asked God to remind him of how brief his time is. And he's reflecting on those things that are temporary and those things that are forever. And part two, we talked about storing up treasures in heaven and storing up treasures that will last forever, not treasures that's, that can be destroyed and not treasures that can be stolen, but treasures that will last forever. And King David, he's thinking about those treasures that he stored up. He's thinking about those treasures, you know, that are temporary in his life, thinking about those treasures that are forever in his life, those treasures that he stored up. And he's thinking about the ones, you know, that again, that are temporary and those ones that are, uh, that are forever. And he goes on here and he says in verse number six, he writes this, he says, we are merely moving shadows. He's, see, again, so he's thinking about it and he's reflecting and he's understanding that, man, my life is brief. I don't have a, a whole lot of time and I'm, I'm wasting time on stuff that doesn't matter. And I need to spend more time on those things that are forever, those things that really do matter. He says, we are merely, merely moving shadows. He says, and all of our busy rushing ends in nothing. Mm -hmm. We all live this busy life. We all live this life where we're rushing. We're constantly in the hustle. We're on the, you know, in the business world, they call it the rat wheel. We're on, the, on this wheel, you know, the wheel that turns around. Those, you know, people who got little gerbils and mouses and rats, they keep, and they get on this wheel and just ride. They ain't going nowhere. They running and running, 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 and they ain't going nowhere. Our lives is like that. We're, we're, we're busy rushing and it ends in nothing. He, he goes on, he says, he says, we heap up wealth, not knowing who will spend it. You have no idea. Once we're gone, all the things, all the wealth that we built up, all of the possessions, all the money, all the, the, the you know, the properties, whatever it is, whatever we leave behind, even though we leave a will, even though we leave a will, we never know who's going to spend it and how they're going to spend it. And we spend so much of our lives building it up. And, and again, it's not that we shouldn't, but this should not be, these type of things should not be the basis of our life. Mm -hmm. You know, if you were told you only had 30 days left to live, you would begin to think about some other things. You would begin to think about some different things. One of those treasures that David, King David, that he talked about is prayer. We talked about this in, in, in one of our lessons uh, uh, when we talked about storing up treasures in heaven, it's prayer. And uh, here he's talking about prayer. He's praying and he's storing up treasures. King David, he's praying. He's storing up his heavenly treasures. He's investing in his relationship with the father. 
You know, if we were told we only had 30 days left to live, we would probably speak, we would probably spend more time in prayer. We would spend more time investing in our relationship with the Father. If you were told you only had 30 days left to live, what would be some of the things that you would pray for? If you were told you only had 30 days left to live, what would be some of the things that you would do? I watched a video and this question was got, uh, the guy, he this guy, he went out on the streets and you know, walking around and he asked people, he went up to different people. And he asked them the question, if you only had 30 days left to live, what would you do or what would you pray for? I'm going to give you guys some of the answers that the people uh, gave. You know, one person, <clears throat> one person said that they would make sure that their kids were okay and that they were taken care of. You know, we were all, you know, began to think about our kids and thinking about what is it that we're doing? We need to make sure our kids are good you know, it, it, when, when our time comes, we need to make sure that they're, they're, they're well taken care of. You know, one lady, she said that she really don't know. She, I, I don't know. You know, I haven't never thought about it. You know, one guy, he said that he would get in touch with his loved ones and he would share his faith more. He said, I would share my faith more with my loved ones. There's another guy, he said that he would call on the Lord Jesus Christ, his savior. <laughs> he said, hey, if I, somebody told, if I was told on your third, I'm calling on Jesus. He said, I'm calling on my Lord and savior. One guy said that he would make the most of his days. Another person said that, uh, uh, said they would spend more time with their family and more time in prayer and in the church. This guy said this in this order. He said, I'll spend more time with my family. I'll spend more time in prayer and I will spend more time in church. Yeah. One day, and, and I want to preface this too. When this guy went out on the streets, he wasn't in the church. He wasn't necessarily in no religious community or none like that. We don't know. He was just out on the street walking around, you know, asking, asking people these questions. And, and one lady, she said that she would be in shock. Hmm. She said, wow, if I, if I was told that I, I would be in shock. And, you know, many of us, if we were, you know, when we think about this and we ask, answer this question, you know, what would we do or what would we pray for? We would all have a lot of different answers. You know, some of our answers would be, you know, similar. Some of them would be very different, probably. You know, one thing we need to do is we need to understand that our life is all about relationships. Yeah. Our lives is all about relationships. Relationships are important to Jesus. They are important to God the Father. You know, Jesus, he lived his whole life you know, with other people in ways that many of us will never experience before. When we think about the life of Jesus Christ and we think about, you know, the ways that he lived his life with people, none of us will probably ever experience, you know, those type of things on the levels that he experienced them on, on the, you know, with some of those different things that happened, you know, his whole ministry, it was based on reconciliation of relationships. When you think about Jesus and you think about his life and when you think about you know, all of his work and all of his ministry and, and all, all the things that he did, all of his miracles and every, everything, everything was somehow based on, connected to bringing people to a place of reconciliation of relationships, reconciliation of those relationships with the father and with one another. His whole ministry was built on bringing people to God, reconciling those relationships with God and with one another. In the book of Mark, chapter 12, and verse 29 and 31, he says this. He said, the Lord, your God, is the only God. And, and many of you are very familiar with this scripture. He said, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, and all your strength. You know, he was asked during this, when he, this was actually his answer 
uh, to a question that he was asked. And he was asked by some people, some teachers in the church, and they asked him, what are the, he said, the laws of Moses, the Ten Commandments, which ones are the most important? And Jesus said, I'll give you two new commandments. And he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind and all your strength. He said, a second one is equally important. He said, and that is to love your neighbor as yourself. These are the greatest commandments. These two commandments are all about relationship. The first four, when you look at the, the 10 commandments, the 10 commandments are a summary, or actually these two commandments are a summary of the 10 commandments. The first four commandments, and I'll continue to teach this and I'll continue to tell you guys this and remind this to you until you got it, okay? That is the first four commandments are all about relationship with God, with relationship with the Father. Versus uh, uh, the, I mean, commandments five through 10, which is six commandments, all about relationship with one another. So, So God gave Moses, God gave Moses, Ten commandments, four of them about relationship with him, six of them about relationship with one another. And Jesus summed them up here. What we need to understand is that God created us for relationship. When God created Adam, if you remember, God created Adam and he was by himself. And he said, it is not good that man should be what? Alone. He said, it's, he, needs to, he needs to have someone that he can have a relationship with. He, I can't have this man just walking around this whole big old planet with all this beautiful creation and everything here that I made for him. He can't, he can't, he, he needs someone to be able to share it with. Mm-hmm. He said, so it's not good that he will be alone. So I will make him a woman that he can share this thing with deep in the heart of our DNA, God designed us to connect with other people. He, he designed us to live in an intimate level, in an intimate level with one another that very few people re- really experience or understand. Not just, you know, we have people, you know, we have people that are our associates. We have people that are our friends. We have people that are our close friends. And then we had, we, if we're lucky enough, we got people who are our best friends. Okay. How many people can say that you got a real, true best friend? I mean, a real, true best friend. We got, a, all of us got a bunch of associates. All of us got, you know, a bunch of friends. And, and, and then we got, you know, a few close friends. But how many of us can really say we got a true best friend. And even when you got that true best friend, ask yourself the question, how intimate is that best friend relationship? Wow. You know, we, we, we have family members, we have husbands and wives, we have children, we have moms and dads that we don't even have a real intimate level of relationship with them. You know, there's a lot of people who are living in the same houses and who are, are of the same blood of the same lawn and don't have a real true intimate relationship. A lot of people don't even really understand what that actually means. You know, my guess is that all of us have relationships that are not on that deep, deep, intimate relationships that are, um, you know, relationships with our closest loved ones, our parents, our spouses, our children, our family members, our friends, we struggle with speaking life into people. Wow. You know, think about those people in your family, your friends, your close. We struggle. This is how how we how how 
not intimate, our relationships are with one another. We struggle with speaking life into people. We struggle with it consistently encouraging them and affirm, affirming them and looking people in their eyes. A lot of people, I, I'm, you know, I, uh, when I was in college, um, you know, in my speech classes that I took, one of the things that I taught, uh, I took a bunch of speech classes, public speaking and different things like that. One of the things that I was taught is that when you talk to people, look them in their eyes. Look them in their eyes when you talk to them. And I, I remember there was a time where, you know, there, there's different people who have said things to me about that. And uh, I, one of our, I met one of our assistant pastors uh, when I was the youth pastor at the church, my previous church. And uh, this guy, he was our assistant pastor. And me and him was in deep conversation. And in this deep conversation, I am looking at him dead in his eyes. I'm, I'm glued in on his eyes. And, and he stopped for a minute. He said, stop doing that. <laughs> I said, what am I doing? What do what am I doing? He said, you look at me dead in my eyes. He said, stop doing that. I said, I'm just <laughs> listening to you, dude. Like, I'm just listening. I'm trying to really, you know, take in everything that you're saying. He said, that don't, that, that don't feel comfortable. Stop doing that. <laughs> and you know what? That comes from a, 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 not, a lack of understanding or a lack of experience in it on somewhat of a of a occasional basis at least or a regular basis mm -hmm. where you actually are speaking to someone or you're engaged in someone where you're looking them in the eyes when you can really look somebody in the eyes then that's saying that you are making an attempt to 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 have that relationship on an intimate level very few of us can relate to that some 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 of you here have relationships that are broken and that are torn. Maybe they're your family members, maybe your mom, your dad, your sister, your brother, you know, your son or your daughter that's never been repaired or has never been on that deep, intimate level. You know, it's, I'm talking about a couple of different, one, and maybe those, they broken and they never been repaired, or maybe they just never been on a deep, intimate level. Maybe it's a friend that you, you know, used to be close to, used to be really close to, and, and, and now you're not. You know, now it's, it's, it's ruined. It's, 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 it's a mess right now. You don't, y'all don't even talk, but y'all used to be close. Y'all used to have an intimate relationship, but not anymore. You know, let's look at what God thinks about our relationships. There are three things that we can do to fix it. Again, if you're taking notes, the subtitle of today's message is fix it. Amen. So here are three things that we can do to fix it. I want you all to know also when I give you guys, you know, three things to do this or four things to do that or, you know, whatever, you know, steps to this or steps to that. I want you to know that those are not uh, uh, like the only things. There, there are a number of things that we can. So when we're talking about relationships, there are a number of things that we can do to fix it. But I want to give us three things that will fix it. You know, there's no sense in talking about a problem if, if there's no solution to it. Yeah. So I give you some steps. I give you some different things to hopefully give you something that maybe you'll say, hey, let me give this a try. This is something practical that I can do to try to make this work, you know. And so here are three things I want to give you today to that you can do to fix it. If you have a broken relationship or if you have relationships that are not on a deep, intimate level, but you want to try to get them to that place. Well, here's some things. Let's talk, let's talk about broken relationships. So we're going to fix it. All right. Number one is this. Make every effort to stay united. If, 
if, if you have relationships, you know, that you they're 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 in a good place, you know, but they're just not on that deep, intimate level, and you want to get them to that intimate level, or you have relationships that's been broken, we need to make every effort to stay united. Amen. You know, the book of Ephesians says this, uh, for those of you that are taking notes, chapter four and verse three, it says, make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit. It says, binding yourselves together with peace. <laughs> what do you do? And we need to make every effort to keep ourselves united. How do we do that? Bind yourself together with peace, with peace. So here, so we need to make every effort. What is effort? Effort is to make a determined attempt. Not just, oh, 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 Marguerite, uh, you know, hey, you know, let's, 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 you know, let's do this. No. We got to make, we got to be, it got to be deeper than just, you know, let's try something, let's do this. No, we got to have, we got to, an effort is a determined attempt. I mean, you got to put a little bit more work into it. You got uh, uh, more attempts into this thing. You got to put some work into it. Amen. Have you guys seen the movie Gladiator? Some of, if you haven't seen it, maybe you've heard about it, right? Through, through the series, through a series of unfortunate circumstances, Maximus, he becomes a gladiator. You know, gladiators, y'all know those guys, they, they like these warriors, they fight in these sports arenas, coliseums, and they got on armor and swords and shields and all kind of stuff. And they are put into this sport where spectators watch them fight to fight to the death, you know. So he 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 goes into these coliseums, he goes into coliseum after coliseum after coliseum, traveling all over the place. You know, he was at, through an unfortunate situation. He lost his family. They were killed off. Uh, he ended up being sold into this this, you know, gladiator uh, fighting, you know, uh, club or whatever. And so this is how he, you know, he's, he's running around or going, actually he's being shipped around all over the place, fighting these Coliseums and he's fighting as a gladiator and he's killing people and he gets really good at it. You know, who wants to do that for a living? Nobody. He's, he's forced into doing this, you know, you know why, but he's, he's, he's out here and he's fighting and he's killing people. Why is he doing this? It's because as a gladiator, understand it, pay attention. As a gladiator, he's literally fighting to stay alive. He's not fighting because this is what he's enjoying doing. Who wants to live their lives every day or every so often, every you know week or whatever, fighting to stay alive? So many of our people in our community, so many people in our family, so many, some of our, 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 you know, friends or associates or whatever, we can see, we can identify. People are literally fighting just to stay alive. They're fighting to stay alive, whether, whether they're, they're, they're hungry, they, they're, they're, you know, having a, a safe place to live, a, a conditional place to live. Uh, they're fighting to stay alive because, you know, trying to keep their jobs so they can pay their bills and stuff. You know, people are dealing with illness, you know, there's all types of things. I mean, kids today are afraid to go to school and afraid to walk to school or walk home from school. People are literally fighting to stay alive. He is fighting. Maximus is fighting for his life. That's why he's killing these people. That's why he's going around Coliseum to Coliseum because he's being paid to. He's fighting for his life. What does it feel like to fight for your life? God wants us to fight. He wants us to fight for our close relationships as if it depended on our very lives. He wants us to make a determined attempt. He don't want us to just be haphazard with this. He don't want us to just be flipping with, us, with this thing. He, don't, he wants us to treat it with strong intensity. He says, make 
an effort, make, he said, not just an effort, because <clears throat> an effort literally becomes one effort, right? Mm -hmm. He says, make every effort. Exhaust all of your means. Exhaust your ability. Make every effort, every effort to do what? To stay united in the spirit. He wants us to fight, to make every effort, to keep the unity between our relationships. He wants us to make a determined attempt at this thing. This is how important relationship is. Then. If you were told that you only had 30 days left to live, you might have a different response when it comes to relationships. You might have a different response when it comes to fixing relationships. You might have a different response when it comes to staying united and doing what's necessary, making every attempt. Some of you, you might say, ah, I, I don't, I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to deal with it. You know, it is what it is, you know, make an effort. But, but, but you don't know what they did to me. Make an effort. If I do, they're not going to receive it. They're just going to reject it. They ain't going to listen to me. Make an effort. You can't control them or how they may respond. But you have to be responsible to do your part. And that's what God wants us to do. Do our part. Make every effort. You're not going to win all of them. You're not going to fix all of them. Everything's not going to work out. All of them ain't. You know, some of them will. And for the ones that do, glory be to God, the victory, amen? For the ones that don't, you know, Jesus said this at one time to his disciples. He had sent them into different cities, and he, told, he sent them in, in pairs, the 12 disciples, and sent them into different cities to, to, you know, preach the gospel. And one of the disciples had asked them, they said, well, what if we go to a city and they tell us or they don't receive us? He said, wipe the dust off of your feet and keep moving. You know, you have to make your effort. You have to make every effort to, to keep these relationships united and, and, and even move them to a place if necessary, if they need to be, if you want them to be, move them to a place of, of, of an intimate level, you know, a deep level, a closeness that, that you're not experiencing, that you can experience, that you want to experience, that you can enjoy with, with, with different people. We have to make our effort. And once we do make our effort again, that a victory, amen. If the, if people don't receive us, just hey, keep moving. You did your part, amen. How do we fight? How do we fight? What does this look like? What do we do? Okay, Matthew chapter five, verse twenty-three and twenty-four. It says, therefore, if you bring your gifts, y'all got to listen to this. Okay, this is Jesus talking here. How, how do you fight? What does this look like? What do you do? Okay, well, I'm gonna try to answer all these three questions in the remainder of the lesson. But uh, I'm gonna let y'all know right now, I'm not gonna get through this whole lesson. I'm gonna have to finish it next week because I'm gonna quit at a certain time today, all right? But here's it. How do we fight? What do we, what does it look, what does this look like? And what do we do? Matthew chapter five, verse 23 and 24. Jesus said this. He says, therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and there you remember that you have a, a, a brother who has an offense, to get, offense against you, leave your gift at the altar, go to him first and be reconciled, then come back and offer your gift. Whoa, are you kidding me? 
Jesus is letting us know how important relationship is to him. He's letting us know you got a you got a you got an issue with your brother. You got an issue with your sister. You got an issue with your mama, your daddy, your friend, your cousin. You got an issue with someone. He said, and, and here you are, you're worshiping. You're standing, you're standing here and you're worshiping. This thing goes against everything that we were taught, y'all. We weren't taught this stuff. I mean, we were taught this in church. But in, in the world, we're not taught this stuff. It, this is the opposite of what the world teaches us to do. And this is, in, in most cases, this is opposite of what we actually do. Okay? God is saying this. He said, if you're spending intimate time with me, if you're worshiping me, if you're offering your gifts to me and you have a broken relationship with your brother, he says, you need to leave immediately. Leave now. He says, go and fix it. Subtitle, fix it. Go and fix that relationship. And then once you have done what you can do, once you have made every effort to fix that relationship, then come back to me and we will spend some time together. That's what he's saying. Yeah. God is so concerned about our relationships with one another that he's willing to put or he wants us to put on our whole, our relationship with him. And I'm, I'm talking about a ne 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 neglecting or just saying, uh, you know, laying it aside totally. But what he's saying is instead of you coming, worshiping me, instead of you coming and offering your gifts and 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 and, and bringing all of this to me, you know what I'm saying? He said, look, just just pause for just a moment. OK, God said, I ain't going nowhere. I'm going to still be here when you get back. Don't worry. I'll still be here. He said, he said, remember, I told you that I will never leave you nor forsake you. He said, I'm going to be here. I ain't going nowhere. But that thing you got with your brother, that thing that you got with your sister, go fix that. Go fix it. And, and make every effort to fix it. And once you fix it, then come back. He said, because you're going to feel so much freer. I'm going to feel so much freer and we can both spend this intimate time together with each other without even having to worry about somebody on your mind because of a broken relationship. He said, I, he said, we're spending time together and I'm saddened that you have this broken relationship. We're spending time together and you're saddened. It, it, it's probably popping up in your mind every now and then about this sad, this broken relationship that you got with someone who's close to you. Someone that you, this thing needs. He said, go fix it. Go fix it. You're going to be good. They're going to be good. We're going to be good. Let's all be good together. You know, let's, 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 uh, 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 what was that song Pharrell did? Because I'm happy. Let's just, let's just be happy. God said, let's be happy. It's hard to really have this intimate relationship when I know that you're struggling with someone else right now. Go, let's, let's fix this thing. He wants us to do what? He wants us to fight for the unity in our relationships he wants us to fight like it depended on our lives you know i was i was looking at looking uh, as i was working on this message you know there was one person that that came to my mind one person that god's been pressing on my heart you know for some time now and um i i, I have to be honest i've been like you know what I, i've been chasing this person and chasing them chasing them, but they ain't chasing me back and it, 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 it feels like they just you know, are, are constantly distancing, distancing themselves from me. You know, and I, I, I began to think about it, and I'm putting this message together, I'm looking at this, and I'm like, oh, man. 
Here I am preaching, teaching, trying to help people in their lives, trying to lead people to God, to Jesus Christ. Here I am, you know, studying, spending time with God. And, 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 and God is reminding me, you got a person over here that you have a broken relationship with. You need to fix it. You know, I, I believe that he, he was telling me, now, you're now spending time with me. You right now at this very present time, you're spending time with me, but you got a broken relationship. Go fix it. Here's something that we need to understand. For God to bring healing into your relationships, your broken relationships, in most cases, conflict and confrontation will precede healing. One of the reasons that I, I you know, I, I just told you guys several of the reasons why I haven't just really made every effort to fix it because I feel like, hey, it's, it's not on me, it's on them. They're the ones who are doing this, not me. I've, I've been doing my part, but they just constantly moving away. You know, one of the, you know, but there, there's another thing is that I, I've been a, kind of just leaving it alone or avoiding it because I don't want to deal with the conflict. I don't want to deal with the confrontation that's, that's probably, you know, capable of happening here. It, it's possible that it's going to happen. But here's the deal, if in order for healing to come, then in most cases, there's some conflict and there's some confrontation. When you're going through something, you know, you got some pain, whether it might be physical, you got some pains going on, there's some conflict and some confrontations that's going on there. And you just have to go through that pain in order to be healed. Sometimes, you know, you remember our kids, you know, they, they hurt themselves and they want us to fix it and let it go, the pain go away. Well, you, uh, baby, you got to heal. It's gonna hurt for a while. You know what I mean? You gotta go through the healing process. You know, we want God to just do his magic and just fix it without us having any conflict and any confrontation. I'm sorry to tell you, it just doesn't work that way. There's gonna be some conflict. There's gonna be some confrontation, but guess what? Chances are the hope is that healing will come out of it. If you want to experience healing in your relationship, you must step into the confrontation. Most of us are scared of that confrontation. My question for you is, who or what do you need to confront? What is it? You know, when you when you really identify that thing, oh man, this is what I need to confront. Or who, this is who I need to confront, but I really don't want to do it. What's their name? What's their name? I know that I'm speaking right now to somebody and I know just as I'm, these words that I'm saying, you're probably thinking of somebody. Somebody's probably already popped in your mind. Just like when I was working on this message, somebody popped into my mind. God pressed them into my heart, into my mind, you know? And I reached out to that person. When I, I, when, when I was doing this, I stopped. I literally stopped. And I, I, I reached out to that person. And I, have, I haven't gotten the response that I was hoping for yet. I did get a response. But it's a delayed response, and, 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 and hey, I'm gonna keep going. I'm gonna I'm gonna press in again, you know, and, and until I've done I, until I've done until I know I've done all that I can do. Okay, my question is, who is that person? What's their name? What's the situation? Do it, fix it. Do it humbly. Amen. Don't do it out of arrogance. Don't do it out of anger. Don't do it out of spite. Do it because you want healing. Allow God to go in front of you. Pray about the situation. Remember praying. David prayed. He was going through some hard times. And he prayed, God, remind me of how brief my time is. <clears throat> we, have, we have broken relationships that we're not using any of our time to try to fix it. Who or what 
do you need to confront? Fix it. Amen. I'm, I'm going to stop here for today because, uh, again, I told you I'm working on uh, uh, my time. I've been getting longer with my time and I, I don't want to continue to do that. I want to be respectful and stay within my normal time frame, which is 30 to 40 minutes or whatever. And so uh, I'm going to stop here today. Next week, next Sunday, we're going to finish this message. I got two more steps, two more things that we can do in, 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 in fixing broken relationships amen so again today number one is to do what number one is uh to make every effort to stay united make every effort to stay united whoever it is that god has put on your heart during this time that we've been together make not an effort make every effort to fix it Make every effort to stay united. How? By, by binding ourselves together in peace. Binding ourselves together in peace by staying humble. If this message was a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry in a financial way, you can donate electronically by texting to 84321 and enter the dollar amount you'd like to donate in the message area. Or you can mail a check or money order to Crosstown Church of Memphis, P.O. Box 40981, Memphis, Tennessee, 38104. We invite you to visit our website at www.wearecrosstown.com for more information about our church. Join us for our next broadcast next Sunday at 10 a.m. Be blessed and be better.